Hi, everybody. Ahoy there! Welcome to this week's edition of Cracker Classics. Yeah! A weekly podcast, which I hope you gathered by saying this week's... And, and, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we watch old movies. Commitment. Yeah, confident. Yes, Commit yes. to the bit. <laughs> that is the bit. Yes, I'm all of this. committed to my non-committalness. All of this is a bit. <laughs> I'm Ian. That's Joshua. We've committed to watching a movie this week. Yay! For your uh, audible pleasure. Ooh. Didn't mean to make that sound as dirty as it came out, but there you go. Uh. <laughs> this week we are watching Apocalypse Now. Yay! I love this movie. We decided to uh, just do the original cut <laughs> and not the final cut or the redux or the director's final cut of whatever. We wanted to save ourselves half an hour. Yeah, or however long of extra crap A lot they of put in. crap. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with just the original. What people saw in 1979. Yeah. The original trauma. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I've been told. I, I, I freely admit I've never seen this. I Yeah, I've definitely seen this. It's been about 10 years, but it's a movie that's near the top of the list for me. For most and people, it seems. has inspired one of my tattoos. Oh. So uh, I may have told you this. I don't know. If I haven't, if you don't know, let's see if you can guess which one. The, the eyes on the back of the head? Nope. Okay. <laughs> that, that's all I got. <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll ask again at intermission impressions. Okay. Because I think, well, we'll see. If I figure it out before then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of know what happens here. Yeah. It's Vietnam. Yep. Martin Sheen has been contracted to kill Marlon Brando. Correct. Who's like a really dick-ass general. Colonel. Colonel. Oh, excuse Colonel me. Colonel Kurtz. We don't kill our generals. We must kill the colonels before they become generals. No, we disgrace our generals and then kill them. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> we, we kill their reputations, not them. They killed their reputations. We had nothing to do with it. <laughs> it was all them. Uh, yeah. But that's beside the point. Marlon Brando is a <laughs> colonel. We do get to see a water buffalo slaughtered. Oh, Joy. Yeah. I guess that's better than Platoon when we just saw villagers being slaughtered. Yeah, but that was Do we see some of that real. too? Oh. There's, no, there is some controversy over it. That There is an actual sacrifice of water buffalo. Oh. That production was told, hey, we're going to sacrifice this water buffalo for you. They were like, uh. And they were like, well, we're going to do it one way or the other. It's your choice whether or not you're going to film it. So he was like, all right, we'll film it, because, yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> like when there's a nude scene, everybody has to know and consent to it. <laughs> if you don't consent to it, you're just not there when we film it, because <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> I guess that's something uh, to look forward in this movie. Yeah, it's rather now, intense. Now, I've heard Marlon Brando is hilarious in this. Despite being the target of a <sighs> government killing. That's... I've heard mixed reviews on that. Not this. an unfair description. <laughs> He's at least the uh, comic relief. Might not be hilarious, kind but... Of. He's there more to um, disarm all of the awfulness that we see. 
<laughs> or am I talking out of my ass based on what other people have told me about this movie? I don't know who you're talking to. Um, well, they were talking to me. I could kind of kinda maybe see where they're coming from, but um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Right. I, I never considered it in that light. Hmm. Well, I have to make my own judgments then. Because that's what we all should do. Yeah, and watch now we've a new perspective through which to watch this movie. <laughs> this is a lesson for every movie we do for Cracker Classics. Yes, we give you our opinion, but you should still watch it yourself. Absolutely. Form your own opinion. Unless we tell you not to, in which case, just trust just don't. us. Seriously, don't. There have been a couple of it's... those, but not many. <sighs> there have been a few. Definitely been a few. Mm, well, <laughs> some have been uh, caution, caution, caution. We don't recommend it, but you probably should just to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Others are a hard no, though. Oh, yeah. But I doubt this will be. I assume this is extremely good. Yeah, it's intense. Like most good war movies. <laughs> and this is a very good war movie. Uh, well, yeah. I'm still not quite sure what to expect here, but we should probably get started. Yes. A long movie. Yes, we should. We'll be back for intermission impressions and tattoo ideas? Maybe. Mm. See if it comes up. <laughs> we'll be back. So. Of course that's in here. Of course it is. <laughs> it's not overplayed or stereotypical, no. That's what it they prefer to play when they go into battle. It wasn't in 1979. Might have been. This is, yeah, no, the, I'm pretty sure this is what made it a thing. Mm, well, maybe. All but, the parodies that we grew up on came from this. <laughs> that's something to look up. I know we know it is synonymous with the war and stuff, but... Pretty sure there's this also is where the, it came from. Yeah, but there's also the Nazi connotation to it. Wow. It may predate this. <laughs> um, um, this is uh, fairly riveting and interesting, but for sure taking a long-ass time to get to where we're going. Yeah. And I don't know if what we have encountered so far we needed to encounter. We'll see what you say at the end. <laughs> okay. I get we are uh, experiencing the war from a few different aspects, but I don't need it. At least not yet. I know Vietnam. I know it was run by clowns, and <laughs> we were killing the wrong colonels. <laughs> uh, uh, Robert Duvall's character. Uh, oh, God. He's great at it, but I just don't know if I like the guy. <laughs> you don't have to like the guy. It's why, because it's war. He's the guy that's there in every friggin' war. It's true. But some of the shit he was doing during the war was uh, a little war crimey. Borderline. War crimey. There's a lot of good lines in here about how you know things are out not in control in war. Things get kind of confused out there. Which I do understand, but isn't that just the excuse we make after the fact? Uh, I don't know. It, I think it depends on who's saying it and in context of what. I think 
There are a lot of excuses made for a lot of things that happen in war. Yeah. That really aren't excusable. Yeah, it's the problem I have. This movie does a good job of showing the disorientation of war. Mm-hmm. Like when he first meets up with Robert Duvall and there's just shelling and smoke everywhere. <laughs> and, and Meanwhile, they're introducing themselves to each other and talking about surfing. It's this weird juxtaposition, but you know, that's how it was, how it's like that. Because yeah. that's war. And that's what's actually happening. We don't really see that much in movies. I say that, but I've never been to war, so... No, but you get a good idea of what it would be like, and I would imagine something like that. You still go about your life, but shit's blown up around you, and... It could be. I don't know. sort of this um, comic value to it of, do you not hear the shit blowing up around you? Why are you so calm and talking about surfing? Well, you have to. I know. That's war. I know I'm talking out of my ass. I've never been to war, at least not this kind of war. Yeah. Um, But I would imagine it's something like that. It makes sense. In the face of such inhumanity, you somehow have to numb yourself to it and still find the humanity eh. in yourself. Until you go out and commit more inhumane things. Like yeah. we see the next morning. As we just mow down a village so we can put a boat in the water. Like, I've not been to war, but... I had friends that went, and yeah, yeah, this seems about right. Mm, okay, like most movies we watch, it is a um, I'll have to take your word for it, yeah, sort of thing. But I'm willing to believe it. Does that mean I'm okay with it? No. no. Does that mean I like the people in here? No. Some of them, the kids on the boat, they're okay. I mean, they're kids. They're at least still trying That's to... who's at war! Yeah. They're at least still trying to uh, enjoy youth in the midst of it all. Drumming on the boat and surfing and poor Chef. I'm most torn about Chef. He's that yeah. annoying one who doesn't want to be there but is still there. And you feel like if it wasn't for the war, he'd be an alright guy. Yeah. But the war has uh, scrambled shit for him. Yes. Never get off the goddamn boat. The fucking tiger. <laughs> Almost got eaten by a goddamn tiger. Never get off the boat. Never get off the fucking boat. Never get off the boat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I don't care for Martin Sheen so far. He just seems to be this weird bystander sailing through everything. Well. The quiet observer. I... He's special forces. Yeah, I, I get that. We haven't met Marlon Brando yet, so he's not queued up for his mission. He's still getting to his mission. Yes. But so far, I just don't... He doesn't need to be there. But he does, because we're getting there. He is still it's weird. The, he is still the MacGuffin, yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the right term for it, yeah. He's pushing the plot along, but he's not really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it sort of gives me Charlie Sheen and Platoon vibes of when is the the switch going to be flipped in him and he goes apeshit. When he gets upriver. I figured. <laughs> Once we get to Cambodia, yep. which at least we finally admitted. We're not supposed to be in Cambodia, but we're going to Cambodia. 
Yeah. At least he has good reason. He's going to find someone else who went into Cambodia who wasn't supposed to. <laughs> I don't know if that's good reason, but... Well, it's that classic, you send out a search party, and then you send a search party to find the search party. Well, we're not there yet, but... It's a real convenient way to justify uh, a lot of things. Isn't that how war gets started? Yeah, usually. Send in one party. Oh, we gotta send in more people to go find them. Yep. There is the appropriate amount of institutional racism. Yes. From my experience with the military. Yeah, unfortunately. It makes it real, though. Hard hard to shoot at people that you're not dehumanizing, so... Yeah. That's what gives you the justification. Hmm... Or at least the uh, plausible deniability. Well, I suppose. It is war. I'm not responsible for my own actions. Yeah. I was following orders. Yeah. Which is why I went surfing. Which is why I don't believe in authority. <laughs> <laughs> I don't exactly have a problem with authority. I just have a problem with bad authority. Which, like, 99% of authority is these days. It's just bad authority. Well, then that's the flaw inherent in the system. I have met good authority, though. I know it's out there. The fact that that exists does not justify (laughs) a hierarchical authoritative system. Because it works 5% of the time does not make it okay. Being generous, I said said one. I'd say about 5%. Okay. I'd give it that much. You're optimistic. No. I'm just aware that there's a decent amount, not at the highest levels. Mm. It almost never reaches the highest levels. But you can find quality leadership. Well, part of the problem is those who rise to the higher levels are not doing so by being uh, quality. They're not leaders. They are bosses. <laughs> it's one way to look at it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the concept of leaders. Like, I, I get I get the distinction you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a place for leadership. Good leadership. For the most part... Human beings are uh, pack animals, for lack of a better term. We, we do like to coalesce around some sort of leader. Yeah. And it just helps a lot if it's a good leader and not... <laughs> I can't think of an example right now, which is awful. They're everywhere. Richard Nixon. There you go. <laughs> he was president during this movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little... Squeaky as to win and the war we're at here. As he keeps uh, going back and reading the dossier. Late 60s, I think. Okay. Maybe early 70s. That sort of makes sense. Yeah. He's going through this all the shit that Marlon Brando's done, and we were in like 68. Yeah. And, and whatnot. Probably early 70s. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, this movie already had me going. When you start off with a 12-minute long song as your opening... <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is why it's so long. Didn't do the whole song. Maybe it does in the But they may as well have. Final cut. <laughs> that, that whole opening bit. <laughs> I get why it's there. It sort of establishes the state that Martin Sheen's character is already in. Yeah. Before the start of all this. <laughs> but 
don't know, it was a weird start. See, and for me, that, that start is part of why this movie is so fantastic. Mm-hmm. It just nudges you off kilter right off the bat. Doesn't mm-hmm. shove you, just nudges. So you're just slightly off balance for the whole thing. It is a little jarring to start. And yeah. It, it, it's hard to find your footing, which is really nice for this movie. Like, I appreciate it. It does help. It gives that warp feeling of constantly changing on the move, all of uneasy ground. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's why you don't like it, because you want some stability. You want to hold on to something. Mm. And no, that's not what this movie is. That's not what this movie does. You make a good point there. It's Yeah, this, this is a ride. <laughs> it's kind of a real ride you know a lot of times we uh you have to like the characters and they try really hard to make it so that you like them before they die <laughs> and here that doesn't really happen like i, I like the minor characters on the boat because <laughs> they haven't really had much uh, screen time to ruin it for me <laughs> Guess this uh, is just one of those movies about terrible people doing terrible things, and we just call it war. It's a war movie. Yeah. And it's not like Patton, where we're kind of glorifying no. shit. Yeah. Different war, of course. Uh, as much as we try to glorify Vietnam, you have to win it in order to glorify. <laughs> yeah. So we met the Playboy Bunnies, which if I remember right, you have a Playboy tattoo. Nope. Or am I thinking of someone else? You are thinking of someone else. Must be thinking of someone else. That was the only thing throughout this movie so far. I'm like, oh, maybe that's the tattoo idea. Nope. Okay. Definitely not. But it has popped up. Has it? Yeah. Um, I know I've seen that before, but I still don't get. It. Oh, the snail on the razor blade. Or oh, yes, I see. <laughs> I, I I first heard that line. It totally burned itself into my brain <sighs> and. There's bits to the Marlon Brando philosophy in here that I'm not sure I'm up with yet. I think we have to meet him. It was the fact that the snail crawled across the edge of the straight razor and survived. Mm-hmm. That that was the concept that stuck for me. <laughs> okay. What colonel has time to watch a snail crawl across a razor blade anyways? It's like someone who's not doing his job. <laughs> Well, that was kind of the point. The whole point of those tapes was, look, this motherfucker's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, that's what I related with. <laughs> <laughs> Not the cult figure status. <laughs> no. They kind of build him up to be like, oh, he's got this whole battalion following his every command, whatever, however ridiculous the commands yeah, yeah. are. Building him up to be some sort of renegade televangelist. Ah, uh, it is Marlon Brando. Well, yeah. It, it, but it's, it's late 70s for Marlon Brando. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's that voice. It's hard not to just fawn over that voice. It, yeah. It's hard not to just get in a space capsule and be launched to Earth from another planet with that voice. <laughs> Sorry, wrong movie. <laughs> oh, Lord. It's weird, though, just the way he's been talked up. The whole way. And we still haven't even fucking met him yet. I thought we were going to, and then we saw Playboy Bunnies instead. That went exactly <laughs> how I figured it would go. 
Yeah, yeah. They get out, they shake their stuff, and the guys go, come home with me. And no, rush me. The stage and I saw you first. Fight over them, and yeah, and... naturally, <sighs> straight men. I don't understand it. Yeah, and I what did they do that one. night? I don't. <laughs> they got all hot and bothered, and then the women left. Now who's going to take care of that for you? Well, that's what a good bunkie's for. They never talk about that in the war movies. <laughs> you never see that. So, I imagine we eventually meet Marlon Brando. I'm not going to spoil that okay, for you. Well, I'll just talk out loud here for a second. <laughs> we meet him and Martin Sheen gets kind of enamored by the cultness of him, I guess. Only for him to snap and kill him anyways. Well, shall we find out if you're right? Yes, let's do it. Let's go back to Cambodia. Or maybe finally get there, because I don't think we're quite there yet. No, no, we're not there yet. We're close. Yes. But only halfway. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back for curtain call and probably death. Most likely a lot of death. Oh, it's a war movie. Mm-hmm. Alright, what the fuck happened to the dog? <laughs> I have pressing questions here and it has nothing to do with your horror. What the fuck happened to the puppy? They lost him. Bullshit! <laughs> you never leave a man behind. Unless he's dead and you just leave him floating in the goddamn river. Which Again, is against protocol. What army do you know? <laughs> it's true, I've never been in the army. Glorifying! <laughs> Which, let's be honest, is the military. We glorify all of this shit, but then stuff like Apocalypse Now happens in reality. Maybe? Maybe. The horror. Yeah? <laughs> Which horror? Who's a horror? I'm pretty sure it's the horror. Okay. I understand he's personifying a horror, and it has a face, and you have to get to know it and make it your buddy, so that everything is all hunky-dory. Where did it say everything is all hunky-dory? Fair point. I mean, (laughs) I retract that statement. Nothing is hunky-dory here. I'm, 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 this, this gets, this weird. I'm. You can. I don't know. (laughs) We sort of set off down the river under under strange pretense, uh-huh. and it just kept going from there. Um, I guess I'm just not satisfied with how things are when we got to Marlon Brando, finally. Do you feel you were supposed to be satisfied by it? <sighs> no, but how that all went down... Went down that way partially because... Marlon Brando got fat and they couldn't do the big fight scene they wanted to do. Okay, I was wondering about that. Because <laughs> this is later in his life when yeah. he's a bit more... Yeah. You know, he's not Stanley Kowalski anymore. No. So... But he's not quite Island of Dr. Moreau yet. No. But he's definitely a past his prime colonel, shall we say. Yes. Who has gone a little Temple of Doom. I know this was before Temple of Doom, but... He was giving off vibes of the... The Temple of Doom was World War II. Was it? 
No, because it was pre-World War II. Because it was a prequel to Raiders. I was thinking the movie itself. Oh, and no, no, the, the movie itself came out after, yes. But he looks a lot like the head <laughs> cult guy pulling the hearts out. <laughs> Just, you know, wider. <laughs> and I'll be honest, 90% of what he was saying made no sense to me. It felt like it was coming from trauma. Well, he was insane. Fair enough. Sometimes insane is right, though. It depends on the insane and the your interpretation of right. There's a lot of squickiness that does not get answered in this movie, because how can you answer that shit? This well, is just what you found and how it ended up being. <laughs> which mean. is kind of the point. This is just what you found and mm-hmm. it's how it ended up being. But we still felt like we had to try to explain it. Which is why we have fucking Dennis Hopper. <laughs> he I tried to explain it. I didn't which mean is, it. <laughs> but that's why Kurtz called him a mutt and threw a book at him or whatever. Because mm. he doesn't get it. But he's trying he wants to, to... He wants it. to explain it. But you can't. Well, that comes with having a cult. You're going to have people like that. <sighs> they want to be included. That's very much why I never started a cult. <laughs> I Is that your only reason? can't stand those people. <laughs> it's are, a big one. It's the a reason very why I don't big go to one. concerts. You have to deal with the fan base. Uh, that's why I will never see Tool again. Nah, that's you. Oh, Lord. It's definitely some anyway. people. I'd love to see them live, but oh, to put up with their fan base, I'm not... Oh. Yeah. It's, it's not worth it. You would have to pay me instead of me paying you. Not that Marlon Brando's a rock star in here. I'm kind of lost as to how he got this cult leader status. He went insane. And we're just seeing the end of it when he's... There is a draw to insanity. Well, I'm aware of that. Again, it depends on the insanity. But um, go on. And there is an appeal that you can't understand unless you've been there. But, like, if you're Dennis Hopper, you can see it, but you can't know it unless you've actually been there. Mm-hmm. And having been there, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> okay. Um, it doesn't make sense. But at the same time, it is the most sense. Like... I, I I can't fucking explain it. That's that's part of what it is. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. there's no like, I, it's like a fucking religious experience. If you haven't done it, if you haven't experienced it, you doesn't matter what you're told, what you're shown, what you see, you can't understand it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, which is part of the reason I think a lot of religion is insanity. Um, <laughs> well, at least I've got to I've start. I've been insane. I've had religious experiences. They're very similar. And neither one can be accurately described to someone that is not. Fair enough. I still say there's levels to insanity, and it's. Uh huh. Depends on the experience, and it depends on the person. And my insanity is different from your insanity. Kurtz went very high and very deep. Yeah. It's the insanity that comes from perfection, pursuit 
of truth at all costs. And uh, propaganda, a little bit in there. What do you mean? Uh, well, he wasn't a U.S. Army colonel fighting in Vietnam. Just propaganda of war in general, I would think, would influence a little bit of that he, insanity. He was a U.S. colonel fighting in Vietnam. Yeah, influenced by the propaganda of the war. Well, I mean, the propaganda is going to affect him, but it, it's like he ran off because they called him a murderer for doing what needed to be done, what was clear to him, mm -hmm. which was true, because, I mean, he killed those people and all the shit stopped. Right. So clearly those people were double agents. And the fact that he did what theoretically he's supposed to do and the people in charge wouldn't let him do and was right to do in his position. And so he's like, well, this doesn't work. I'm going to take my people and run off into the jungle. So he's insane because he broke protocol. He went rogue. No, 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 Is no. That's what we're saying here. He's insane because of his devotion to truth in a system of bullshit. His version of truth. It's yeah. fairly objective truth. Uh, we, we can debate on that all we want. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about the objective of truth in war. That's a very loaded topic that we don't have the means or time for. <laughs> um, but I can see where you're coming from. From his point of view, the objective truth and what he has seen, and I still say there's some trauma in there what because was, he's... Well, of course there's some trauma in there. ...mentioned that with the whole inoculated kids and their arms getting hacked off yeah. immediately afterwards. And how... All of that affected his viewpoint of truth. Because again, we have another war movie where it's all about the effect of the war on the white guys and the invading force and how bad it was for them. We don't really talk about the trauma and the objective truth to the people who are already living there. And then here comes all of these white guys and a few black guys who, of course, die first. Of course. It is a war movie. It's Yeah. I just don't want us to really glamorize Brando's position in here because he's still this white guy who just came in and said, I have the truth. Come around me, he... local people, and hear my gospel. But he didn't say I have the truth. True. Everyone around him said he had the truth. Yes. <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah. It's a very hairy thing. But it's fascinating that it is under the guise of war. That this is happening in Vietnam and Cambodia at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, it's a Manson family thing. Kind of, yeah. It's totally that story, but in Vietnam instead of California. Uh, it's a diff little different, but yeah. the whole cult of personality and okay, yeah, having yeah. your leader... Tells you to do it, and you do it. Part of that comes with the insanity. The insanity of joining the army in the first place? No. Are you sure? If you 
are that devoted to whatever it is that makes you insane and you gather the collection of people around you like that, part of what you do is see how much you can get away with, how Mm. far you can push it, Mm -hmm. what you can tell people to do and have them do. Yeah. Because it's... Because that's a human nature thing. That is part of the problem. That's what you do in that situation. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's a double-edged sword there. We like to have our leaders, (laughs) but we need to have a little bit of control on our leaders, too. It's... Because this happens. Entirely paradoxical. Mm -hmm. You can't have someone in charge with absolute power because absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well... It does. Yeah. Because to have absolute power, you have to test that. To test that. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to do some really fucked up shit. Like the absolute power Martin Sheen had in the end. Yeah. Because he had the power to kill Brando. And he did. And then the next thing you know, it's hail to Dorothy. The Wicked Witch is dead. And they all kneel. And now yeah. suddenly he's the crazy colonel. But he's not. He threw down he the blade. He could have been. He could have been. There was a moment he in there. He chose not to. And then he chose not to. He yeah. threw down the blade and walked out. And as he walked out, everyone else also threw down their weapons. Mm-hmm. Which is effective leadership. There you go. Because he's the leader now. <laughs> and he's like, no, we're But done. he's not. That's the thing. He was, that position was thrust upon him and he abdicated. But in doing so, also dismantled that apparatus. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was no one clamoring to take his place. Especially yeah. since we took the surfer with us. Yep. I was very surprised <laughs> that Lance was the only one from that group that survived. Charlie don't surf. <laughs> didn't think about that. No. <laughs> I mean, I thought for sure it was going to be Chef, because he was the neurotic one. He was the one that didn't want to be there. It was, it was going to have the biggest effect on him once he got home. So naturally, yeah. that would be the most baggage. But was he going to survive that? No. Yeah, once once his no. head was in his lap, I'm like, oh, of course, he wasn't going to make it. But for, for the sake of damage doing... You know he's not going to make it, like... As soon as he freaks out over the tiger, he's not making it. True. Like, no. No, I mean, I get why Lawrence Fishburne went first. Yeah. He was the very free-spirited, I'm still young, having fun, can't wait to go home, mom and dad are going to buy me a car. Yep. You know. Yep. He was not taking it seriously enough. He was the lamb. The sacrificial lamb. There's a lot of senseless death, which is... Makes for a good war movie. Yeah. But even in the main characters, usually there's something we have to learn from their death. <laughs> when and where and why. You know, Bubba, uh, Forrest Gump. That's you part know. of the beauty of this movie, though. The reality of it? Yeah. Because yeah, that's not how death actually works, yeah. unfortunately. Sometimes you just die. Yeah. And that's it. All my plans dashed. (laughs) I'm dead. Yeah. This is a fascinating movie. 
it's, it's sort of irksome, I feel, uh, but in ways that I'm not sure kind of supposed to be irked by it, but I'm not sure if I'm irked for the right reasons. I'm, I'm yes. not sure. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like this movie kind of happens to you and yeah. whatever you take away from it is correct. Mm, okay. Take everything we've said here with a grain of salt because we've never been to war. At least nope. not this kind of war. I've been in comment wars like those on Twitter mm. where you can find us at Cracker Classics. Follow us, please. <laughs> Initiate a war with us. Fund our war on our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Cracker Classics. And there's a website to CrackerClassics.com. Where um, all the insanity of our past episodes can be found. (laughs) You can also find them wherever you find your podcasts. Because it's all insane. Enjoy the insanity. We'll see you next week. Bye.